Hi, welcome to the very first episode of the Romance Me podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Em. Today we're discussing Tallulah's Temptation by Robin Peterman. This is a short haters to lovers comedy romance about a pirate who reunites with a mermaid he stole treasure from in order to help her defend her home against sea hags and to win her heart. And just so you guys know, there will be spoilers beyond this point. So Erica, tell me about the story. Okay, so our main character, our main hero is the vampire pirate Doug. And we first meet him when he's at an agency to... What is the agency called? Oh, the Otherworld Defense Agency comes to visit him, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's at the Otherworld Defense Agency and he gets assigned this mission to go rescue a pod of mermaids from sea hags. And they bribe him to do it by telling him he can loot the sea hags. And if he does it, they'll get the gnomes off his tail because apparently he did something bad with the gnomes. I don't know. Oh, right. He stole from them. Did he steal from the gnomes? I know. I know he was like having sex with the gnome females. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That seems more. I don't think he's that good of a thief. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds about right. He's 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 dumb. So in this first scene, we learn that shots across the bow. <laughs> we learn his Roger is very jolly all the time, and he <laughs> likes violent sex, basically, because that's one of the bonuses about the female gnomes. I missed that part. You Good missed catch. <laughs> you missed that part. I have that part highlighted, man. It says, <laughs> let me see if I can find it. Makes it sound like I wasn't paying attention, but I swear I was. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. So it says, keeping my man tool in my breeches might prove to be difficult. The female gnomes adored me. They were animals in the sack and delightfully violent. All attributes that made my Roger quite jolly. How did oh, you miss right. that? <laughs> I don't know. Sort of in ear. In one ear, out the other. Okay, so, all right. I know I heard it when you read it. It totally sounds correct. I just, yeah, clearly. <laughs> it sounds correct. There, there's so much to take in. In any one moment, my brain just had limits. Uh, okay. Only so much beyond this point. It was kind of bottlenecking, you know? Yeah. So then he goes on his ship and we meet his crew and we meet his talking parrot whose name is Polly but for some reason he just can't be bothered to remember her name even though he's known her for 50 years like throughout the whole story he calls her like Polly Dolly Solly Wally whatever anything and I hate her I hate her so much she's an annoying talking pooping parrot and she just like attacks everybody she (laughs) she's mean to everybody and she poops on their heads literally yeah there's there's a lot of pooping. <laughs> There's so much pooping. And so, um, let's see, they go out to sea and Poseidon, the god, shows up. And apparently that's Doug's dad. So we learn that Doug is a demigod vampire pirate. He's a lot of things. Oh, I forgot. So apparently in this story, vampires don't burn up in sun if they wear a lot of sunscreen. 
And I don't remember any blood sucking at all. He never reapplies the sunscreen either. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And he wouldn't be smart enough to remember. No, he, he definitely wouldn't be smart enough to remember. He also regrows his limbs like a starfish. Like all of his, like he can regrow like his legs and his arms and his penis and just like any extremities apparently. He should have been a starfish pirate. Dude, that would have been so much better. So, oh, and he, <laughs> he can do magic too, but we'll get to that. So anyway, uh, Poseidon shows up and is like, I wish you'd call me Pappy. And Doug's like, okay, I'll call you Pappy. Poseidon, like Doug likes it. He wants to call him Pappy. And then um, Poseidon tells him that Doug will be his successor in like a couple millennia or whatever when he gets tired of being a god. So he has to settle down and he reveals that Doug's true mate is a woman who hates him. And Doug's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which is totally into, which is weird. I don't understand. I really genuinely was a little confused over the whole Poseidon's like, you got to settle down, buddy. Especially since Poseidon never did and if we're you know going back to the actual great gods they they weren't exactly known for their faithfulness <laughs> you know it just it seems a little strange that poseidon would be like yeah you you gotta settle down and find a i i wouldn't even say nice wife because it's clearly the being hated is important well Yes, because his true mate. See, and this is where we find out that this story has faded mates, apparently, because they start talking about true mates, which isn't like brought up at all prior to this point. It actually made me start wondering if like, there's other stories set in this world that we don't know about. I know this is the first in a series, but I don't know. It seemed like there was like some background knowledge. Like we didn't, we kind of jumped into the other world, whatever agency with like, You know, it seemed like that was established. And then the true mate thing seems like it's established too. Yeah, there might be some others. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look that up. But anyway, so let's get to Tallulah, who is a mermaid. She has purple tail, purple hair, and purple eyes. But apparently she can change the color of her tail. Yeah. She could change some things. I forget what they were. I think it's the color of her tail. I feel like I didn't read it at all now that I keep saying, like, I don't remember this. I don't remember that. But I actually, twice I did. I, audiobook read it twice. Clearly retention. Not something I might be good at. I might be related to Pirate Doug. <laughs> but each mermaid has, like, their own hair color and eye color. They're unique in that way. And her mermaid sisters have all changed their names to be, like, famous mermaids. Like, one of the mermaids changed her name to be Ariel, and one of the mermaids changed her name to be, like... Madison. I loved Splash. Yeah. Yeah. So they all changed their names. Except for Tallulah, who likes being Tallulah. And she's the oldest of the sisters, and she's the leader of their group. And they have an island in the Bermuda Triangle that's, like, a tourist attraction. But they're beset by sea hags, and so the tourists won't stay, so they're losing money. We learn that a long time ago, Pirate Doug stole their chest of golden coins, and that's one of the reasons they don't have any money. And Tallulah hates Pirate Doug because they had a torrid love affair, and then he stole her gold and then left. Which makes sense for the hating. Like, valid reason. 
Yeah, but I don't know. Does she really hate him because she also like remembers their love affair fondly? Maybe she's in denial or something. But yeah, I that whole thing was a little strange for me. You know, it's like, oh, I hate you. Oh, no, wait, I don't. Yeah, so they're the ones who put out the call for help, and they don't know who's coming to help them. Then they see a pirate ship show up, and they're like, oh, it's our help. And so all the other mermaids, like, whip off their tops and start jumping around like bimbos. (laughs) And the crew on the ship, um, I think Pirate Doug says, what do you see over there? And they're like, a bunch of crayons with boobs or something like that. Pirate Doug, of course, wants to know if there's one that's lavender because that's the color of Tallulah's hair. And he realizes that it is Tallulah's pod that he has to rescue. And he's excited because he also remembers their torrid love affair and he knows she hates him. So he's hoping she's his true mate. Which is just so weird. (laughs) I have to find a woman who hates me so I can, you know, take over for Poseidon. And he doesn't even seem to want it. And I don't, I don't know. She hates me, yay. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, they need a a nice therapy couch, both of them. Respective therapy couches. (laughs) So, okay, so they show up and then, oh, when they talked with Poseidon earlier, he like warns them about the Kraken. And so when they show up to the island, the Kraken like attacks the boat, but pirate doug vampire pirate doug apparently has magical powers and he like starts a storm and like whooshes the kraken away to get rid of it (laughs) and i was like oh vampire pirate demigods can do magic i mean which of the things makes him magic yeah i i I don't understand yeah (laughs) there's just there's so many confusing elements to the story for me and that's just one of them he's he's all of these things and yet he is Utterly unskilled and incapable. The magic, I think, is the one thing that he can do. Like, I know there was the singing that he does badly, but I question whether or not the bad singing was actually required or if it's just any loud sound, in which case, you know, he's not necessarily the man for the job. He's just the man that's there. Yeah, I don't know. Let me get into one of my big gripes in this story is the gleeful discussion of castration, like throughout (laughs) (laughs) like Tallulah wants to castrate Doug (laughs) Poseidon says Doug's mother wants to castrate him and apparently did at one point um the mermaids like threaten Doug with castration if he is mean to Tallulah there's just like it's just like a given in this story that you know hey if you're a dude and your woman gets mad at you she's gonna cut your dick off literally yeah yeah yeah, there, there's several reoccurring <laughs> things. That's one of them. The pooping is the other. Oh, God, the pooping. <laughs> but Doug decides he's going to protect against castration. And he wears like a cod piece, like a metal cod piece thing to prevent Tallulah from harming him down there. They show up and they get reunited. Tallulah still hates him. And Doug is all happy about it. And they argue, and then Doug convinces Tallulah to have dinner with him to uh, ostensibly discuss plans to defeat the sea hags, but really he wants to seduce her again. At this point, Polly is with them, and she's like super duper nice to the mermaids. Like she's a total pooping harridan (laughs) to the crew. (laughs) 
But she comes over to, to Tallulah and like Tallulah cuddles her and she's like all into it. And Doug's like, oh, wow. Because well, clearly Janet does not like men. That's why she <laughs> poops on them and she's nice to the mermaids. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, Polly goes home with Tallulah and Doug goes back to the ship. And we learn something that was sort of hinted at throughout the story. And that is that Polly is actually named Janet and she's Doug's mother. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And apparently Tallulah is not super weirded out by this at all. Well, she's she should be familiar with what the gods do anyway, because she's also really old like Doug. You know what I mean? Like she's theoretically been around a while so i could see it not surprising her i guess but we find out polly or janet made like a pact with apollo to be able to watch over her son if she's disguised as a parrot and so this whole time she's been watching out for him for 50 years why couldn't she tell him the truth i know that she couldn't and clearly as a parrot she could talk was there an actual consequence for if she told him I don't know if there was a consequence if she told him because she does tell him. I think, I don't know, because we learned Doug, like when Doug first sees Poseidon in the story, Poseidon tells him that he lost like a bet or something. And that's why Doug is a vampire now. He had to give up his favorite kid to be a vampire. Which is one of the more unusual reasons that one is turned into a vampire from what I understand in stories. It's like, oh, well, I lost a bet. So whoops. Was that the point that that Janet started being a parrot? I don't know. Yeah, I know she, she was removed from his life, but I forget. Because, yeah, it was while she was gone or whatever, Doug got turned into a um a vampire. She was upset. Poseidon was like, well, be a parrot then. No, Apollo made her be a parrot. Oh, Apollo. Whatever. Um, Why would he care? <laughs> But sure, I mean, they did tend to mess around with each other's business. <laughs> yeah. They did. I don't know why, but they used to, according to myth and legend. I guess that's actually one of the few unexplained things about the story. But then, um, oh, so Janet reveals she's Doug's mom. She and Tallulah and the other mermaids have, like, girl talk, and they plot, like, how Tallulah's gonna get back at Doug, I think. I don't know if it's get back at. I mean, I think she intends to get get back at, but I think they all kind of know why she's going over there. I mean, she might be confused. Like, she might be thinking, oh, I'm going to to get my revenge for him taking the treasure. But I think her sister's kind of, no, you just want to go get laid. Which is a little frustrating because, you know, he takes the treasure and she's just, yes, she's initially very angry, like violent like violently angry not it's not even like a you know hey shipwreck this isn't your port in the storm leave yeah you know it's more like i'm really really angry oh wait you're hot i'm fine now i think that was the where i was like okay so he doesn't have to do anything to to earn it to to fix it you know like any fixing that ends up actually happening happens after so she's already at a point where she's like no no i want you back it's fine i'm okay i I, you know we we all date jerks and it's just this level of acceptance like no no we all date jerks you just basically have to pick one and go for it (laughs) (laughs) 
is is the general attitude that I got from Tallulah and her sisters. It's like just just uh... hook one, just grab one hooker. You know, good luck. Oh, I just looked it up. Janet realizes that Tallulah loves Doug and hates him. Oh. Yeah. And then they Okay, yeah, so they do they do conspire cuz she says not so fast, Hooker, Janet bellowed and then laughed like a loon. You love him and you hate him. Wonderful. What are you idiots sniffing out there on that ship? I demanded. The bird was as insane as her owner. Fish guts and farts, Janet cackled. You're going to have to make the boy work for it. I suggest a year for every gold coin he pilfered from you. And then mm. they like decide they're going to make him work for it. <laughs> Which he doesn't. Like, not really. Like, any success he has, apart from that one magical act, like, with the storm, <laughs> not the sex. But, like... <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I guess he is skilled in that department, according to her. I'll take her word for it. Um, <laughs> but, like, everything else is just pure luck. You know, it's like, oh, well, this thing happens because, you know, there are things beyond... Like, nobody earned that like the thing with the sea hags and how that resolves is it's that's true it's just it's not skill like nobody's you know great at diplomacy in fact the only reason that resolves is because apparently poseidon has really gullible i guess is the nice way to put it children (laughs) that just they so desperately want love that they're just like yeah sure you're my relative so everything's cool like well, you know, family's important. <laughs> it is, but wasn't there supposed to be bloodshed between the, the sea hags and the mermaids? Like, wasn't there an actual body count? I mean, it was four mermaids against an army of sea hags, which I don't think we have an actual number in the army, but army sort of implies a lot. <laughs> yeah, and they had a ton of mermaid refugees from other pods who had been um, attacked and conquered. Yeah, who are not fighters. So it's just the four. It's the four versus an army that I guess they're able to keep at bay. I think, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's ever specified in the story. But the Otherworld Defense Agency, I think the reason that they want Pirate Doug to go over there and deal with it is because they're tired of having to deal with all the human issues from the people leaving. That could be because they're all leaving the resort. Exactly. So I'm assuming they have to like wipe memories, pay people off, um, (laughs) that kind of thing. And they're just like, this is just too much. And so they're sending Doug, who I don't know, unreliable narrator at best, like doesn't understand that he's actually not all that competent, but he thinks he is, you know, he's got a lot of confidence. Yeah, he's he's (laughs) he thinks he's great. Everybody else is just kind of eh. Yeah. Um. (laughs) You know, except for Tallulah, who I guess thinks he's also great, but it seems like she just more thinks he's attractive. Yeah, it's like she's she's just hot for him. She, yeah. She thinks he's dumb, though, which, I mean, she's right. But it's still me. She's so unkind, because with the sea hags, too, she's just, like, constantly getting on their case. Like, even after, it's like, no, no, that's your sister. You can't kill your sister, but I can talk cattily about her from over here. Right. <laughs> And poor Sea Hag, like, I felt the worst for her, the sister one, because she's like, nobody likes me because I smell. And you actually feel bad. Like, she's got some vulnerability to her. 
you know, which I guess <laughs> Doug does too, because he's also unloved, you know, he's got issues. But yeah, you're I, getting, I think you're getting lose... ahead of the story, man. Sorry, you can cut it out. <laughs> no, it's good insight. Sorry, we got on a tangent. I'm really good at tangents. I just kind of follow a thought. <laughs> oh, okay, so she decides she's going to go to dinner with Doug on his ship. And meanwhile, Doug is like talking to his crew about how he can court Tallulah. His crew all gives him terrible advice. Like one of them says, you should flash your junk at her. <laughs> I was really hoping that it went worse than it actually did. Like I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so bad. So I was gleefully looking forward to it because of my own <laughs> like sick head. And it just, it, it did, it did not go as badly as I was really hoping it would. Like. I was hoping for like accidental bloodshed at the very least, and no, not none of that Some happened. Some castration? No, not even. No, like it just like <laughs> accidental. Like I don't know. Like go in for the kiss slip and like whack his head against something, you know, oh. and is bleeding or something. Because that's just the level of physical comedy and you know mistakes. Like where they were going back and forth with the sea hag names, which. I tried to remember them, but they were just too weird. My brain said no. Yeah, they're weird. But like where it's the where they were going back and forth with mistaking what things were called. You know, it's I was just sort of expecting more since it was sort of coming across as like a very comedic story. And they were trying at times, I think, to do physical comedy. But that's very difficult to do in a book, you know, like in a written that's form. For sure. It's just it's difficult. And I think I think that's why the pooping thing was even a thing was because it was the attempt at like that physical comedy that just didn't I don't think it was as successful as it could have been. Like it's mean spirited comedy. It felt really Three Stooges to me. Yeah. You know, with how mean it was and it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. I I mean, and I like physical mean evil comedy because I'm I guess all of those things, at least in my head I am. So it, I don't know. It, it It's really hard to do certain, certain things. I think it would have been different, too, if Tallulah seemed... Like, one of the things that I really liked about Pirate Doug was his compassion. Like, when he was like, oh, you're my sister, and goes and gives her a hug. Like, smell regardless. Because, of course, until this point, like, they've made a big deal of how horrible the sea hag smell. But he's like, she's my sister, and gives her a hug. It's like, oh, that's so sweet. But Tallulah doesn't seem to have any kind of compassion, which is interesting in a female character. I mean, the reason she decides they can't kill the sea hags, though, is because they're Doug's family. That's true. Like, she's the one who says we can't kill them now. Yeah, which is just so weird to me, because I guess I'm curious as to how long this confrontation between them has been going. And if there is this body count, I don't know if you could just be like, oh, well, they're family, so we'll let it all go. Yeah, it seemed kind of rug sweepy to me. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so they advise him to flash his junk. One of the others uh, tells him to write her a love poem. Another one says sing to her. And one of them says to make her a candlelight dinner. In Doug's infinite wisdom, he says, okay, you can each do those things for me. Like not the junk one, but everything else. (laughs) Like you can cook and you can write me a poem. (laughs) Which is just so weird. It's like he should be doing those things, not them. He's not trying very hard. And so Tallulah shows up and he's like, 
Yeah, he's like, wowza, you know, and his ship's like practically on fire because of candlelight. He like put a bunch of tiki torches everywhere. <sighs> and the dinner is terrible. The poem is terrible. And Tallulah is just like, did you do any of this yourself? <laughs> she had to know the and answer Doug's to like, that. <laughs> yeah. But Doug, Doug is honest, actually, and he admits that he didn't do it all himself. But he says he does have a surprise for her that he did himself. And she is a little leery of it, but decides to go along with it. He says it's in his quarters. And so she goes into his room, which is decorated like a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. Like a teenage boy's room. And he shows her the chest with all the gold in it that he'd stolen from her like a hundred years ago or whatever. And it's all still there. And so he tells her that he wants to give it back to her and she forgives him at that point. I think, I think she kind of did before. Cause when she wanted to get laid, there's a certain amount of forgiveness already there. I don't know. I kind of feel like they were going to have a hate fuck. Huh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, on her part, of course, I don't know, because then there's that whole conversation she had with Janet. Like, they decide she loves him and she hates him, and so she's going to go in and, like, make him earn her back or whatever. Which, apparently, if you phone it in, that earns her back. Well, he did give her back her treasure. This is true. So anyway, then they do the dirty. They have the the wonderful sex, which apparently is wonderful, but not very descriptive. It kind of, like, does a fade out. And then I think it's the, is it the next day that they come back to the island and Tallulah reveals to Doug that Polly is actually Janet, his mother. Yes, because she didn't want to tell him last night because that would get in the way of her getting laid. Yeah. And I think honestly, this is like the best side of Doug that I saw in the story because he seems really hurt by the fact that she was there this whole time hiding herself from him. And treating him and his crew like shit. Yes. For like 50 years. Yes. And he's not sure, like, he doesn't want to call her mom. She makes him call him Pirate Doug because, you know, he's trying to hold her at arm's length. And I think that's the most human of his reactions in the whole story, which... I don't know. I kind of felt like really bad for him. I agree. I felt bad too. That's what I mean. Like he has vulnerability and like the sea hag does. But I I got to admit, I was kind of rooting for the Kraken. Then they kind of ruin it. And he has like this quote where he's like talking about his parents and how crappy his parents are. And I'm going to read this to you. It says, could she be trusted not to poop all over my ship? Would my mother be willing to wear adult diapers until she could prove she wasn't a shitting risk? And then he describes his father. He says, my father had green hair an appalling taste in banjo music and a horrifying penchant for fathering offspring. My mother had crapped on my head for 50 years and my sister was a foul smelling creature that could reproduce solo. My family was slightly dysfunctional because, oh, that's the other thing. He learns his sister is the leader of the sea hags, which is what we were talking about before. Yes. And her name is Bony Velma Dustface. Oh, that's right. Bony Velma Dustface is his sister. And so they find out that Janet is his mother, or he finds out Janet is his mother. They find out that the leader of the Sea Hags is his half-sister. And then they develop a plan that they're going to go in and try to talk to Bony Velma Dustface and reconcile uh doug and her as family and they go into battle and they threaten the sea hags with deodorant and like other toiletry products like shampoo and stuff and the sea hags are all horrified by this because they're dirty apparently 
And I like being stinky. They bring out bony Velma, who recognizes Doug. I don't understand why they believed the whole deodorant thing. They don't even actually have it. They just tell them that they have it. I know, which makes it even worse. It's like they didn't even need proof. The whole army could have been undone by just the fear of deodorant. The actual having of it. It makes you wonder why they needed help in the first place, honestly. Mm -hmm. If they could just show up and say, hey, we have deodorant. And they're like freaking out. (laughs) Yeah, they could even just be empty, like ones out of the trash. They don't need to know what's in them. If they didn't even need to have it at all. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so Doug and Boney Velma reconcile. And like you said, he gives her a hug. And as everything's all happy, they get attacked by the Kraken again. So apparently the storm just blew the Kraken away and it comes back and attacks them again. And they're all disoriented and Poseidon shows up, but he's all drunk. And he shows up with his clam band, which is apparently a bunch of clams that play banjo. He says he wants to help and Doug says he doesn't need Poseidon's help and starts singing in his terrible voice. And the clam band plays along and that causes the Kraken to explode when he reaches a high note. And then they're all happy and they go back to shore and have a dance party like the end of a DreamWorks movie. (laughs) And Doug and Tallulah officially mate, which is like getting married. And that's the end. Yay, the end. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think? I think I, I'm i okay with never listening to it again. Because <laughs> I went through it twice and once would have been good. How was the audiobook version? I, it, it was good. I enjoyed, I think they it was cast very well. Like the ones that they got to play Tallulah and Pirate Doug respectively. It was interesting to hear each actor portray the other one because when he did her voice it was almost always a little more flirty which was what I imagine Doug heard (laughs) you know sort Uh of like absence the sarcasm (laughs) or you know it sort of maybe dulled a little bit of the violence that was her tendency um right and so and she when she would hear his voice it was more like he sounded not smarter but like Oh, how did it... Like, more competent? No, it wasn't. It just... You could, I guess, hear more of the, like, compassionate, like, caringness. Like, he just... He sounded sweeter. I guess that's the thing. Oh, okay. So he is, like, a lovable idiot in her eyes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess I kind of understood that. Like, you could see why they were... I don't know. Like, they were hearing what they wanted to hear. <laughs> So who knows if that actually meant that they were hearing what was truly said by the other person. That's a clever way to portray it, though. I like that idea that they portrayed it that way in the audiobook. That's cool. At least that's that's what I picked up on. I don't know if that was intentional or not. But yeah, that's that was one of the things that, that I liked about the different, what I imagine is the different version. Because obviously if I was reading a written copy, I, I probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I have to admit, I really struggled. Because the jokes were just so over the top and constant. It was like that mean type of comedy. I really have a hard time with that. Yeah, that can be tricky. I just, I liked that it was like lighthearted and whimsical. I did enjoy that part. Um, I know it's like the first book in a series. And so I don't feel confident in saying that I wouldn't continue with the series. Just because I think it's more like, well, I want to know like what would happen next. But... I don't think that they're in any way connected. 
So it's not like it feels like everything in book one was completed. So whatever would happen in book two, three, four, etc. doesn't seem like it really would have a bearing unless they were for some reason following around the, the other world defense agency. I think it's the different mermaids in the pod. Like each book is a different mermaid and they kind of alluded to it a little bit, I think, but not very strongly. I'm just saying what would make me more interested in continuing the series would be... Mm, if it was more the Otherworld Defense Agency. Yeah, especially since with the other ones, they're just, it seems like standalones, like one and dones. So it's, there's no real compelling reason for me to keep reading. Although, like I said, I it's not that I didn't enjoy the comedy. I think sometimes it was just a little too much. I think it was also because I listened to it twice. I think... My impression of it was more favorable when it was when I just had it the once. But then having especially going back over and doing notes and really listening, although I didn't seem to retain as much as I thought I did, it seemed I don't necessarily think that that helped it. Do you think you maybe had a more critical ear the second time around? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what impacted your opinion, I think. Yeah, I think if if I was... You know, if I was going on a beach vacation or going to spring break or whatever and took this story or the whole series along, because they're pretty short, I think that would be the perfect kind of read for that, for that kind of enjoyment, you know, where it's like you're not really, you don't have to get that invested. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible. It's just fun. But yeah. It's a fun, light read. Exactly. Yeah, I could see that. And that's perfectly valid. Not every book has to be, you know. No, it doesn't It doesn't have to be literature, you know, to be enjoyable. Exactly. And it also doesn't have to be a tome, you know. It doesn't have to be like the Song of Ice and Fire, you know, those huge books and it's all history. And, you know, not every book has to be that way. It's nice to have sort of like a mental palate cleanser, which is sort of how I see this book and probably the rest in the series. It's like, it's fun. It's, you know, don't take it too seriously. It doesn't take itself too seriously. But I think the downside to that is it was really difficult to get invested in the characters. So when there's physical danger or any kind of threat, you know, it's hard to worry for them. And that's true. And they're not necessarily super likable either. Yeah. So it was it was difficult for me to like care. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I was half joking, half not when I said I rooted for the Kraken because I'm just thinking the Kraken's the real underdog. These these characters have the the favor of the gods, so to speak. So they're fine. Like you're not worried about them at all. There's no actual threat. That's true. And I'm not entirely sure exactly what the stakes were. You know, I guess the Kraken wasn't supposed to kill Pirate Doug, but there was no, you know, I, I guess even if even if the Kraken had like chewed off a limb or something, it's like, well, he'd just regenerate. Right. Where's the where's the threat? I mean, he's an immortal vampire demigod. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's I don't I don't want to be too too critical of the story, but yeah, it was it was hard to that sounds bad. I was gonna say it sounds it's hard to care, but it's that's kind of true, kind of horrible. <laughs> Because it is. It's just, you know they're chosen. You know there's no danger. Since it's a romance, you know they're going to end up together. Exactly. So even that isn't at stake. You know, I mean, you want to see more. 
honestly, that's probably like the thing I wanted more of. I wanted more of them together and we didn't really get anything. We just get a brief, you know, history of why they hate each other, but they don't really hate each other. And then when they meet up, it's just like they, it's like they just start flirting, you know, and it's not like nothing is a big deal. It's, I mean, she's violent, but I mean, she's the greater threat to him than the Kraken is. Yeah, she's violent, but I guess it's like a mermaid thing. You know, she's a mermaid. She lures sailors to their doom. So I guess it's okay for her to be violent. I don't, yeah, it's, it's strange because this flies directly into my preference of having, you know, I know it's a cliche to say it, but, you know, strong female characters, characters that will stand up for themselves, which she does, sort of. Like, I don't feel she does a very good job in advocating for herself no she stands up she stands up for her her family yes and her people yes and her island and i think she's protective of doug and it and his family like that i think the main focus for her is how important family is yes and that's probably like the one thing about her that i liked even though it ended up with them rug sweeping whatever horrible things the hags had done to her people. Do you wish the story had been longer to include some of these these elements, like having more of Tallulah and Pirate Doug together and maybe creating more story that would, I don't know, further some of these these elements that she brings up that aren't really explored very much? I think um, I think if it had been longer, she would have had the author would have had more opportunity to to create more character development, which is what I really felt I was missing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she continued the same writing style with the jokes and everything that I would have been able to read it if it was longer. So I think if you're looking at the story itself without the jokes, without the poop and castration and everything. I think um, I think it would have been beneficial to the story to have more of a relationship develop between Doug and Tallulah and maybe even more of a showdown at the end with the Kraken where it felt like there was more to lose. Yeah, and maybe enter in with some stakes where the sea hags were concerned too. Like right additional tension you know like it's it's like i know i know you're my quote-unquote sister-in-law now i'm gonna try very hard not to kill you but i still want to you know where it's like there's there's some friction or something right because when she when she learns that she's doug's half-sister she basically forgives her yeah very quick to forgive like there's just like this blanket blanket forgiveness and there's really no reason for it aside from the fact that she's family now yeah. Okay. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the story before we move to the next part? Don't think so. Although I did find it as a just a side mention of they worked in Michael Jackson, which I thought was an interesting ocean related reference. Because I had forgot in the 90s, he had music for that movie Free Willy. Oh, yeah. So that's probably why he was mentioned. Because she did all of those sort of like pop culture ocean related. And I was like, wait, I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, right. Of course. Because that movie was huge when it came out. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember that song coming out. Yeah, it wasn't the, the song that, I mean, the one that they reference in the book isn't the one that he sang in the movie. But the fact that there was that connection. Yeah, and she did do a lot of um, pop culture references, I think, throughout the story. Like, water-themed. Yeah, sometimes it was... I feel like it could have been dialed back. 
I don't know, like some some of the things that she did with her writing, I really enjoyed because it satisfied, I don't know, the language enthusiast with me where it was just, I found myself laughing a lot. I enjoyed that. Um, plus, it also appealed to my inner middle schooler. <laughs> I could see so, that. Yeah, I think it hit that, you know, that nice little sweet spot. You know, I could I could see continuing the series, but I don't think I could back to back them. I think it would just have to be like, a, you know, oh, I've had enough of these broody alpha male stories. You know, I need I need a break from that. <laughs> I need something lighthearted. Need something light and fun. Yeah, something light and fun. <laughs> right. And, you know, with frivolity and, and all of that where you do get the happily ever after. And I will say that, you know, yes, there are lots of complaints about Pirate Doug, but at least he didn't boss her around. Oh, he tried. But he did not succeed, I don't think. That's true. She stood her ground. And it was respected. She threatened to castrate him. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Which, you know, eh. but that's her go to. At least, at least there was that because in so many of these stories, it's sort of like, oh, like she'll stand her ground and defend herself and, and what, you know, have her argument. And he's just like, yeah, but I do what I want. And it just sort of like, well, whatever she wanted didn't matter. And he, at least in this story, it seemed like she got her way, which I did appreciate. I didn't necessarily think that we constantly needed to threaten with castration. But at least, I don't know. Can we have a middle ground that's like, where he doesn't need to get threatened and she can just be respected? Like, can't that be something that happens? <laughs> so, so are you happy for their happy? Uh, I don't think I am. I think I'm, I think even though I know they're satisfied with their lives, and I guess I should be satisfied with that. I don't know. If deep down I really am. What about you? I I think they deserve each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm happy, but they are. So that's all that matters. <laughs> you know, he wants he wants a violent, horny warrior and she wants a idiot. Oh, no sex god yeah <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i don't know if they'd be people you want to hang around with too long i think that'd be <laughs> yeah i don't think their relationship is particularly healthy either because it's kind of founded on like violence and threats yeah i think they'd kind of have to keep the other world defense agency on standby just for their arguments that are coming <laughs> later that we're not going to get to see it's like you know this this will happen just here's their card <laughs> seriously what about the relationship of janet and poseidon because they were another relationship in the story oh man that is like the toxic relationship of the year like oh you my know God. you know if they ever like lived in a house it would just say like welcome to the shit show and they wouldn't be kidding like you'd want them to be kidding <laughs> but they're not no, it would be a literal it shit would. show. It would. It would be like, you know what? Just don't sit down. <laughs> There's not enough hand sanitizer in the world. Janet isn't even sorry for all the pooping. Oh. Like, she feels it was justified. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's been a bird too long. You know, that maybe that affected her brain a little bit. You know, she's a little bit too bird brain. <laughs> 50 years as a bird is too long. Yeah. Because birds can't control that. And I think maybe she's... She no longer feels like she has to, you know, be controlled in that way. 
but she kind of forgot that she's human and we <laughs> do control that if we can. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> We learn to from a young age. Ugh. All right. So let's let's go ahead and do our ratings. So for the hero, Pirate Doug, is he awesome or awful or somewhere I put Ugful. Like, just Ugh. Yes. She's just Ugh. <laughs> I think Doug is pretty awful. He's He's stupid as a rock and he's just <laughs> awful. Yeah. What about Tallulah? I put the same. Just ugful. Just. Uh. <laughs> I feel like Tallulah is better than Doug, but not much. <laughs> yeah. I, I I am very much in agreement with you that they just deserve each other. It's sort of like, you know what? It's good that they're on an island. They just stay there. <laughs> well, it's in the Bermuda Triangle, so it's pretty safe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why all those ships sink. Because we don't exactly know when this is taking place. I mean, we can infer from the dialogue that it's contemporary or modern, but there's, like, no mention, I don't think, of, like, internet or cell phones, the pirate ship. I don't remember if there was a mention of a sail. There is, there are modern day pirates, so the ship could have, like, a motor. Well, it had to have happened at least in the mid-90s because of the Little Mermaid. Okay, so at least that far back. Yeah. I don't remember if there was internet, though, that they were talking about or not. I kind of felt it was just contemporary, but that was an assumption. Yeah, I wanted to blame them for all the ships that went down, but I guess not if it happened. (laughs) Although maybe that was their love affair before they reunited in the 90s. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to start blaming them for stuff. They've been there forever. I'm just going to start blaming them. (laughs) So what about the antagonist in this story? God, which one? Awesome or awful? Because there's, let's see, the parents could easily be picked out as antagonists because they kind of make Doug's life not all that great. Um, True. The sea hags, I mean, they're not, I don't know. They're kind of meh on the antagonist scale. I guess there's the Kraken, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if awful's right because that just makes them sound bad and they're not, their actions aren't bad. Or, I mean, their actions are bad, but they're not malicious. I think that's the difference is, I don't know, except for the pooping, because that's... And she hits him, too, I think, come to think of it. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I think the sea hags were initially the antagonist, and they... I feel bad for them, but they are kind of awful. I mean, we didn't talk about this, but they literally fuck themselves, and that's how they procreate. It's because no one else will want to. It's because they're so unloved, which I feel like you can blame Poseidon for that. Because as a god, I feel like he could change that if he wanted to. But he's like, no, no, you can be my ugly children and no one will love you. Yeah, basically. I mean, Poseidon's the one who made Mm -hmm. them that way. So that makes him kind of the antagonist in a way. But I kind of, and the Kraken's kind of a non-entity, I felt, because it was just there. Yeah. I kind of felt like Janet was the true antagonist (laughs) of the story because she's a mom and she poops on her kid <laughs> and treats him like crap and is violent toward him and his friends and is just a terrible person. And she's not sorry for it at all. She feels like it's justified. Yes. And she's abusive toward Poseidon, who loves her, apparently, as much as a god can love anyone. Does he cheat on her? I know he sleeps around, so the implication is that he cheated. Oh, yeah, he cheats on he cheats on her. So I feel like she is the true antagonist, and I felt she was pretty awful. 
<laughs> yeah, you really hated her. I don't I think did. I just liked anybody in the story as much as you hate her. There was a point in the story where Doug is like, he says, I doubt uh, Polly is even really a bird. And I'm like, oh, she's his mom. Oh, Like yeah. at that point. Yeah. I knew. And then it like just gets even more obvious. Oh, she's got to be his mom. And then it turns out she is his mom. And then I'm like, why did the author do that? Yeah, I don't know. What a terrible mother. <laughs> they do exist. She's just an abusive, horrible mother and partner. She's horrible. She's a horrible person. But I mean, not not every, you know, female character can be delightful. No, and I don't expect them to be, but <laughs> come on. But you just don't want the mother to poop on the son. I think the worst part is not only was she this horrible mother and horrible person, but they all forgive her for it. Yeah. I think that's just a problem with the story itself is just the easy forgiveness of everything, which makes me wonder, like, couldn't they forgive the Kraken? Like, couldn't they find a way to not be terrible to the Kraken? No, the Kraken had to explode. Apparently something had to die. Yeah, I don't know. I think if the mother was evil and she was treated as truly evil, that would have been completely different. But she's evil and treated like it's funny. Yeah. And that just really got to me. Yeah. How would you rate this book as a whole on a scale of one to five? I can't decide between like 2.5 and 3. I really can't. Because I think, I think honestly, before I listened to it a second time and was more critical of it, it would have been a three. Like a solid three, I think. Because it was fun. I enjoyed it. I laughed. Lots of laughing. Sometimes with the book, sometimes not. But that's neither here nor there. Laughing happened. And I feel like they get credit for that. Because it's... It's hard to do comedy, you know, and get someone to to laugh. True. But definitely at the reread, I would say is a it's more like a 2.5. Okay. I feel bad Uh-oh. because I appreciate how hard authors work. This is my opinion and I, I'm bracing myself. I'm bracing. <laughs> I rate on how much I personally enjoyed the story. And so with that in mind, it's mm-hmm. a one mm-hmm. and I really struggled to Ooh. give it one. And I think a big reason for that was because it was so hard for me to read it. And I think the constant over the top jokes just were not my thing. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't get into it. And there was so much violence that was just glossed over. There was all the castration, like talk of it and everything. And the way they referred to the mermaids constantly as like whores and sluts and hookers. And it was just so violent, you know, like, I don't know. And I, I mean, mermaids historically, you know, or historically mythologically lured sailors to their doom, Mm -hmm. you know, and were potentially, you know, promiscuous, but the thing is, is that there's nothing wrong with no. promiscuity. And to use language like whore, hooker, slut, it just kind of sounds degrading and not in a sexy way. Well, and it's the way it's used. I think it was almost used in such a way that you kind of feel like it's supposed to be. Like, there's a way to use that, you know, those terms where it's almost like reclaiming it. I certainly know women who will refer to other women, like friends, you know, as hookers. So it's... right. Yeah, it hits a weird gray area, especially with all the other violence and everything in the story. You kind of 
get the impression it's not used as an empowering element. Right. And because it was so short, there wasn't really a whole lot there to justify the language that was gotcha. used. Yeah. And then on and then on top of that, there was all the poop humor. <laughs> and I just I'm not a poop joke person at all. So one star from me because I didn't enjoy the jokes. I'm yeah. sorry. You don't do sorry. It's it's your preference. You know, it's <laughs> sorry. It's it's your preference. I mean, yeah. I mean, the humor. I think it, at a certain point there was too much of it. It needed to be dialed back to let the story show. Um, right. But yeah, like I said, in a lot of ways, it satisfied my inner middle schooler. So I was I was okay with a lot of it. I I think you were a little more forgiving. Yeah. And plus, I sort of knew, like, especially it's established early on, like, what the tone's going to be. It's like, okay, well, clearly this is fun. <laughs> you don't want to be critical in a harsh way. But at the same time, some of it's ugh, kind of warranted. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I guess it's when it detracts from the story, which it detracted more often than would be good for it. So, Erica, do you feel romanced? <laughs> I think after that rating, (laughs) like that's. I think after that rating, (laughs) Uh, I think after that rating, it's pretty clear I did not feel romanced at all. Like I think they deserved each other, and I'm fine with them being happy together. But I was not into the story. The sex wasn't even really there, and it just felt like. There was a lot of objectification going on that just wasn't sexy. So I did not feel romanced. What about you, Em? Did you feel romanced? Not particularly, but <laughs> I, I think it was pretty clear too. like Pirate Doug in that opening scene where he's objectifying the other world defense agency lady that I can't remember her name. Oh, Renee. Yeah, where he's clearly like ogling her body and everything. I was like, Okay. Um so that that set the tone right there. So no. <laughs> in order to get away with Pirate Doug being that way, intelligence impaired. Um he really has to I mean the, she tried to do it with the compassion, but there has to be a certain level of charm which was oddly not there, which is saying something considering in the audiobook version, Pirate Doug is read by with a British accent. Possibly, oh. possibly a British actor. I don't know that the accent seemed very good. So possibly an actual Brit. And you would think there's like some sort of like, oh, inherent charm. It was oddly not there. Maybe it was because of all the poop jokes. Maybe if there was less poop, there would have been more charm. You never know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to say. I will say that I was pleased that everything kind of got concluded in the end. Because sometimes, especially in a series, they'll leave cliffhangers. So I'm glad that that didn't exist. Because then I really would feel compelled to continue the series. And I like that I don't feel compelled. I might still continue it. But I don't feel like some sort of nagging obligation. Right. I agree. I think it was pretty wrapped up at the end. The bad guy was defeated. If you mean the Kraken. And everyone else was forgiven and reconciled, and Doug and Tallulah ended up together. Instead of feeling romanced, do you feel romantic off? <laughs> um, 
You know, I don't think so in this case because I think that they deserved each other. Okay. You know, I think if I was, I think if I was upset that they were together or there was more to go on, like if he was abusive in some way or something like that, although she's kind of abusive. Although, yeah. I don't know, she, t- she talks it, but I don't know if she actually does it. You kind of feel like he might need a life jacket at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that also doubles as like armor. He needs to keep his cod piece real close. Yeah. I think I think honestly I would be more upset if they didn't seem to suit each other. What about you? Were you romantic off? No. More like romance concerned. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like I said, they, they might need some somebody to kind of step in and play referee or something. Some counseling. Yeah, I sort of feel like he's because they kind of warned Doug at the end, like, okay, remember, you've got to leave the gnomes alone because he slept with someone he wasn't supposed to. And it seems like at the end of the story, he kind of forgot that. So it kind of makes me think he might be more like his dad than he realizes. And I mean, maybe. <laughs> and I mean, he can regrow parts. So I have a feeling she's going to end up castrating him at some point and not killing him, but you know, he's going to have to regrow some stuff. Yeah, dismembering him. But he won't learn because he's not very smart, as we've established. He doesn't seem to learn from past behaviors very well. Well Well-intentioned though he may be at returning the treasure and trying to make sure she gets the treasure back. True. But if he could avoid doing the thing that made her angry in the first place, that might help. You would think. (laughs) And she needs, you know, some anger counseling or something. Like, she's... We didn't get into her history at all, but I'm concerned and interested. Maybe maybe it's touched on in the other books. I don't know. Yeah, they definitely need some couples counseling. And honestly, I think Doug needs therapy just in general. He, he had a really crummy backstory. I think they both kind of do, but yeah. Yeah. I feel kind of bad for him. I mean, maybe that's why he has that bravado, you know? He pretends nothing bothers him, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, once you once you got him to sit down on a couch with a therapist, I think all the all sorts of things would come to the surface. <laughs> the surface of the ocean. <laughs> Flotsam and jetsam. <laughs> Shaped as bird poop. Anyway. So do you have any recommendations? I'm reading The Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth by Chris Hadfield and I'm doing the audiobook version. I've read it before. Um, it's very good. You know, it's, it's like what the title says. Chris Hadfield, actually Colonel Hadfield, he was part of the Canadian Space Agency and he uh, went up to the International Space Station two or three times. I can't remember. But yeah, it's about what what being an astronaut has taught him about how to be a good human, basically. Uh- that sounds good it is good um i've like i said i've read the book before i'm listening to the audiobook version now does the author do their own narration he does that was one of the reasons that i wanted to listen to the audiobook what about you okay so for me i just finished reading um books one and two of this series called the hot and hammered series by tessa bailey and it's a romantic comedy series and the second book uh love her or lose her i really really enjoyed it's a second chance romance and it's about a married couple who forgot how to communicate and now they have to rebuild their connection and i just really really liked it just the the rekindling of 
the long-term romance I really enjoyed. That sounds good. That sounds interesting. Perhaps it will end up in a podcast. <laughs> we'll see. The third the third book, I think, just got released or is soon to be released. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. So I guess we're done. Go ahead and check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes, um, upcoming episodes, and our reads list. Join us next time when we discuss The Vampire's Mail Order Bride by Kristen Painter.